Well, good morning. My name is Carl Lindbergh, and I am going to be sharing a story today. Um, if you don't know, I am the tech coordinator here uh, at Evergreen. Um, and so that's just a little bit to, to get to know me a little bit right there. Um, you're about to get to know me a little bit more. Now, as I'm sure most of you already know, applying for things is super stressful. I don't know what it is you have to apply for. It's always stressful for some reason. You're applying for jobs. You're applying for scholarships, for grants, for schools, internships. It's stressful. You do a bunch of work beforehand, and then you kind of send it out to whoever needs it, and you just hope that you did enough and that you get noticed. When I was applying to go to college, I only applied to two different schools. I applied to North Park and I applied to Seattle Pacific. Now, it's possible you haven't heard of those schools, but I think you guys have. We're here at a covenant church. Um, Seattle Pacific is a Christian school in Seattle, um, and North Park is kind of the equivalent to that in Chicago, um, and it's the denominations school. My dad is a professor at Seattle Pacific, which was really one of the only reasons that I applied to that school because I really wanted to go to North Park. I, I didn't know what I wanted to major, but I wanted to go to North Park. I just knew that that was the school I wanted to go to. It was kind of a family heritage. My sisters went there before me. My parents went there. Some of my grandparents went there. Um, but to be honest with you, my cousin was going to go to that school, um, who was my best friend growing up. And we talked about it our entire lives, how fun it would be to be roommates together in college. And that's why I wanted to go to North Park. And a little bit behind here. The problem with that was I could get a full ride to go to SPU because my dad worked there. Um, and I couldn't really get that same thing at North Park. North Park was expensive. It's a private Christian university. Those things are expensive. The only way that I knew I could go to North Park was through a program called the Tuition Exchange Scholarship. I didn't know all the details about it. But essentially how it works is because my dad works at SPU, um, SPU or some other organization will cover the cost if I applied to go to another similar Christian university up to what it would have cost me to go to SPU. So it's essentially the same price no matter where I want to go. The problem with that, it was a competitive scholarship and I couldn't find any details about it. There was nothing on North Park's website, nothing about the scholarship in general. There was nothing. It was a competitive scholarship. I didn't know what I was competing with. I didn't know what they were looking at. Was it my grades? Was it my family? Was it something else? I had nothing to go off of. All I know is that I could apply and that I would hear back from them eventually. And so that's what I did. I applied and I did fill out everything I needed to, gave them my transcripts, and I just, just hoped. I just hoped because that's what I really wanted to do. I would open every letter I got from North Park with anticipation. Is this the one that I wanted? Is this the scholarship one that I got? And so I'd open it up, be like, music scholarship? No, not that one. Residential scholarship? No, that's not the one I wanted either. And then one day I opened up a letter and it said, you got a tuition exchange scholarship. And it affirmed to me that I was going to be able to go to the school that I wanted to go to. And I was so excited. I was so excited because that's what I want. That's what I had been hoping for for months. For months, that's what I wanted. While I was at North Park, I decided to study music and worship. I didn't know what else to study. And I, you know, don't pick a school because your friends are going there, but it worked out all right. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. Nothing else really appealed to me, so I figured... I'd give music a shot and see how it goes. While I was doing that, my mom kept pushing me to think about going to seminary. She's like, you're, you know, you're in a worship, worship thing. You could go to seminary. And I'm like, mm, I don't think that's for me, Mom. Mm, thanks, but uh, I don't want to do more school. That sounds like a lot. And then I had to take a required class 
as my uh, music and worship degree called Foundations of Worship Arts. And basically the entire class was that worship is more than just music. And it was required for every music and worship student. And I thought that was awesome because it just taught me that worship can be every part of a service. You can worship through architecture. You can worship through art. You can worship through dance. How the room is set up, what it looks like, the feel, the things you put up here, all of that can be part of worship. It's more than just music. And from that moment, I realized that I want to worship. I don't want to do just the music part of it. I want to have every single part of that. And so from then, I decided to go into seminary to get a fuller view and study more of how worship is ingrained in every single part of the service. After I graduated from college, I got an internship at Creekside Covenant in Redmond, not too far from here, as the worship intern. So I was in charge of the worship program, just like I wanted. And I was in charge of planning the service and putting things up and just kind of getting the feel of it. And I loved it. And then one of the requirements that both North Park gave me and my lead pastor gave me um, was that as being the intern, I had to preach a couple sermons just to get into the practice, to see what it was like, to see if I was good at it. And I distinctly remember before I was going to give my third sermon, I was sitting in my kitchen. I was, I was sitting on my kitchen counter and I was incredibly calm. It was probably 7.15 in the morning, and I had to preach a sermon in two hours, and I was completely calm. I was not worried about anything. And I thought, I need to remember this, because most of the time, Sunday mornings for me, Sunday mornings were stressful. They involved me thinking and worrying about the team. Did they practice? Are they gonna follow me? What am I gonna do? How are they gonna react to that? And that Sunday, I was completely calm. And that's not what I had in mind when I started my journey. That's not what I was hoping for. That's not what I was looking out for, what I was thinking I was going to do with my life. I thought I was going to do worship specifically through music and then figure out all these other elements in it. And in that, I realized that I really love preaching. What can I do with that? Where is God leading me with that? That's not what I was hoping for. Sometimes we expect something to happen, and it ends up happening quite different than we hoped for. I started out my call, like I said, going into worship ministry and realized that I like to preach. And going into Advent, we should remember that's exactly what happened to the Israelites, too. They spent hundreds of years hoping for a savior, someone to rescue them from Rome, and they got a baby. That is not what they had in mind. That was not what they were hoping for. But it's what God gave them. It's how God answered their hope, and it was unexpected. What things are you hopeful for now? Or what things have you been hopeful for that turned out different than you expected? Our scripture reading today is from Daniel 6, 26 through 27. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And our New Testament reading is from Luke 1, 30-38. Do not be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. 
and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Carl, thanks for sharing your story about hope. I love that ending of they wanted a savior and they got a baby. God has an interesting sense of humor, doesn't he? Well, good morning, and speaking of hope, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, even though I'm sure it was quite different than what you would have planned in a non-COVID year. We had a family Zoom, Zoom check-in during the day, and that was kind of fun to see everybody from all over the country. Um, and, but Barry and I were by ourselves for, uh, for the day for dinner, and so we decided instead of trying to replicate what would have been, let's go in a totally different direction and do something different. So we ordered uh, pizzas and roast beef sandwiches from Chicago, and uh, they came all in dry ice the day before, so we ate those on Thursday and watched some football. So there you go. Well, as we alluded to before, this is the first Sunday of Advent, and the candle that is lit this morning is the uh, candle of hope. Scrappy and uh, Rascal let us know a little bit about hope, uh, but this will be our focus for today. Now, I believe that without hope, the next three themes that we're going to be looking at, which will be peace, joy, and love, that those just can't exist without hope. The dictionary tells us the definition of hope, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. With Christmas coming and a new year on the horizon, we all have various hopes right now. How many of you remember the Sears Wish Book? Anybody? Ah, I see a few hands, okay. Well, it was a big, thick, catalog that would come out probably in November every year, and I remember as a little girl pouring over that and circling everything I was hoping to get for Christmas. Well, this is a Lakeshore catalog that I received in the mail, and last week Mary was over and she saw it on the coffee table, and she went and grabbed a pen and did the exact same thing. Uh, what percentage of things do you think are circled in this catalog? About 95%. She has a lot of hope. Well, what are you hoping for today? Think about how we're always using that phrase, I hope my turkey turns out. I hope I get a parking space. I hope I'm on time. We're, we're always saying I hope. But thinking about right now, what, what are you hoping for? Maybe being able to visit family and friends in person again. Maybe you're hoping for some steady employment. Maybe you're hoping that this chronic illness that you've had will finally go away. We're all hoping for a vaccine. You 
can fill in the blank. And maybe today, you're having a hard time even having hope. Well, where does hope come from? Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, gives us the answer. Hebrews 11 is that chapter that refers back to all of the biblical heroes that had this amazing faith. Hope says, it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed in God's command and that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. And the New American Standard says, now faith is the certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. Hope comes from faith. It is our faith that gives us the ability to have any hope at all. So the question is, what or who do you have your faith in? A political party? Government? The medical community? Perhaps it's a person. If we put our faith in any system or person, we will be disappointed and we will be left hopeless. As we continue in our series, Finding Our Story in God's Story, we're going to look at Daniel today and how his faith in God gave him hope when it seemed that there was no hope to be had. Would you please pray with me? Lord, today, some of us are having a hard time being hopeful. Help us to see how the story of Daniel is our story too. Give us ears to hear and open hearts to understand where our hope comes from and how we can not be like those who have no hope. In your name we pray, amen. Well, this morning, we are looking at the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And if you want to watch the movie version, I can highly recommend The Veggie Tales. It's very accurate. Daniel was being taken into Judean exile at the court of Babylon as a boy under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar. He was from a royal family, and so therefore he would have been well-educated and well-suited to be put in the king's service. In our story today, Daniel is now in his 80s. I didn't realize this until I went back and read the story again. And there's a new king, King Darius, and he appoints a new staff of administrators, which includes Daniel. Now, the other admins were very jealous of Daniel, and uh, they were trying to find fault with him, trying to throw him under the bus, so to speak, and they couldn't find anything. So, they came up with a plan. They came up with a plan to create a law that they knew Daniel would have to break. They conspired and presented their uh, plan to the king, and they knew that this would appeal to his ego. So they went to King Darius and they said, whoever prays to anyone, divine or human, for 30 days 
except for the king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Well, it sounded like a good plan to the king because it all focused on him, and so he signed it. Now, Daniel knew about this law. However, he continued to go to his house, look out the window, face Jerusalem, his homeland, and pray three times a day. Well, you can guess what happened next. The conspirators came and found Daniel praying. They went to the king, reported what they saw, and in verse 13 it says, Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the decree that you signed, but he's still saying his prayers. I think it's so interesting that they really try to stir the pot even more by saying, he pays no attention to you, king. Can't you just picture the glee on their faces when they were able to come to the king with that news? Don't you know people who like to dramatize things and kind of stir the pot up sometimes and make things just a little more dramatic than they are? Perhaps there's someone in this room right now who's like that, but I'm sure there is not. Well, Daniel knew what was going to happen next. The king gave the command, and Daniel, he was thrown into that den of lions. The king, however, said to Daniel, May your God, whom you faithfully serve, deliver you. So here's a picture of what it may have looked like. The king went back to the palace and did not eat or sleep all night long. Now, if you were Daniel... What do you think you'd be hoping for? That the king might change his mind? You know, we're not told that Daniel tried to change the king's mind and plea his case. And we're not told that he lashed out at these people who conspired against him. I believe that Daniel's hope came from the knowledge that God was still in control and that no earthly force could ever change that. Going back to what I said earlier, that it is our faith that gives us hope, Daniel had faith in his God because he knew his God. He didn't just know who God was, he knew God's character. He had an intimate relationship with God. Think about being taken away in exile as a child. The only way to have any hope at all of your future would be to have faith in a faithful God, a hopeless situation can become hopeful. Remember that Daniel was not a young man anymore. He had lived life. He had seen some stuff. He may have hoped that God would deliver him, but his hope also would give them security to know that no matter what happened, God was in control. Now, as it turns out, we're told that God sent an angel to close the mouths of these lions. The next morning, the king came down, and here's what verse 20 says. When he got there, the king, he called out in anguish to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Interesting question. 
Was your God able to do that? Daniel replies, Long live the king. My God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions as they would not hurt me because I have been found innocent in his sight and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and then he had the accusers thrown into the lion's den. Seems a little extreme, but you know what goes around comes around, right? And then in verse 26 that we had read earlier, I love that the king sent a new decree. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heaven and on earth. He rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Let those words sink in right now. Do you believe these words? Do you believe in what a king who was not a believer in God, all of a sudden, look at how he turned and he recognized who God was. Is your faith in this God? If it is, then how can you not have hope? Faith in anything else, anything that is temporary, will leave you hopeless. Faith is the very foundation for hope. Daniel is our Old Testament example of faith and hope, but now I want to shift to Mary, our New Testament example. We had verses read in Luke chapter 1. Mary, a young betrothed girl, had a visit from an angel. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Same thing that we heard King Darius say. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. What do you think Mary hoped for after she heard this news? How would she explain to her fiancé Joseph and her family how this came about? Maybe she hoped she wouldn't get pregnant until closer to the wedding date so that nobody would ever know. How could she have hope to endure what was going to be coming in her life? Mary 
like Daniel, knew God intimately. She knew that whatever God had planned for her would be plans for good and not evil. She, too, had an eternal perspective. The arrival of the long-awaited Messiah was the hope of all the Jews. Mary's words, I am the Lord's servant, may everything you have said about me come true, show her complete faith in God. The hope she had was evidence in that faith that she had. Her future was uncertain, but her faith in a faithful God was very certain. Now, if you're having trouble today being hopeful, examine where your faith is coming from. What is your faith in? It might be hard to see any good right now, but if your faith is in Daniel and Mary's God, you too can have hope in things you cannot see. There are days when I just hope I can make it through, and I bet you can relate to that right now. Humanly speaking, my circumstances and your circumstances can look pretty grim, especially if we've got the news on. When I'm feeling hopeless, I can change my perspective, though, by reminding myself of God's character. He is the living God. He is eternal. He rescues and saves. He is for me and wants to give me and you a future and a hope. So how does your story connect with Daniel's? What lions might you be facing today? Discouragement? COVID fatigue? Circumstances that are overwhelming and seem like they will devour you. God may not remove the lions, but he can keep them from eating you. I have a suggestion for all of us. This just came to me a couple days ago. Each week of Advent, we are looking at, a, we are having a different focus. Like I said, today is hope, next week will be peace, then it will be joy, then it will be love. I think it would be really helpful for us to go home each week and look up all the verses you can that are about hope today. There are a lot. Focus on those this week. Next week, look up all the verses about peace and so on so that we can refocus our reality and we can shut out all the things that the world is saying to us right now. You see, we need to be intentional about tuning out the other voices and tuning in to what God says is true. And because of our faith in God, we can have hope and we can experience the peace, the joy, and the love in the midst of our disorienting and confusing circumstances. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, may we be people who have hope because we know that you and you alone are in control over a world that seems out of control. Help us to face the lions in our life with hope, and may we, like Mary, desire your will more than our own, knowing that what you have is better for us and that with you all things are possible. 
We pray these things in your name, Lord. Amen.